Welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown, and we've got a packed house for you on this pod. We are previewing the 10th anniversary of the WBL, season three of the team format this year. It's going to be a blast. I'm super excited to see how this plays out, but we've got... Most of the usual crew, when we talk WBL and do our season preview show here, we've got my brother, Nick Brown. We've got Jonathan. And for the first time on the season preview show, we've got Zach Lacey. <laughs> Fellas, how are we doing? Doing great, man. Happy to be here. You know, another year, another year of the WBL. Yeah, as we'll talk about later, it's a changed league. Um, you know, things are going to be different this year than in past years, but, you know, back to get out there in the nice weather just to play some wiffle ball with the boys that's what this league's all about doing well ryan thanks for having me of course zach bandy fired up love to be here mm-hmm. so let's let's not wait any longer let's get cracking so we had the season three redraft go down a couple weeks ago it was we've got three teams of five this year we've got team dj team nick and team zach We'll get into the team names here just shortly. But DJ, Zach, and Nick each picked their teams in a snake draft. And we'll go over each of the teams individually. But let's just rattle off the rosters real quick. So DJ was able to add Jonathan, DS, DR, and Gary Butterfield to his roster. Nick picked Marcus, Zach Sato, Paul, and Cam Cam. And Zach got former captains in Miller and Alec, as well as Billy Campbell and Lil Mike. So, Jonathan, since you are the only non-captain of the bunch here, give me your initial thoughts on the results of the redraft. Well, I'm happy. I believe I was the first overall pick, correct? Congratulations. Thank you. Um. You know, the teams, I think, uh, they should be pretty even. You know, that's what the draft is for. But, I mean, I, I like what I like what Coach did with um, Sato as, like, his third pick. I think that's a great third pick, probably the best third pick. Um, it's actually my, my second pick. Third uh, player. Well, we knew what he meant. Yeah. Um, you know, I like what Zach did. Alec, that's a huge wild card, though. You know, it's it, – Remains to be seen whether or not how often his availability is because if he can consistently show up, and when I say consistently, I mean like for half the season and the playoff slash championship weekend, then that's like a huge plus. But if if he's unavailable for when they need him like the most, then his team takes a backdrop. And then DJ, um, you know, Gary Butterfield, I think for, for our team is a complete X factor. No one knows what he is. No one's seen him on the diamond before. So uh, we'll have to see uh, how he does, but I'm looking forward to it. I think all three teams are going to be a uh, pretty good and pretty competitive, which is all you can really ask for. Zach, give me your thoughts on how the draft went for you and how you think your, your uh, colleagues did. Well, you know, I, I'm just, I'm building for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I took Alec as my, my second pick, the, fourth pick in the draft and it, I mean, if he shows up, I I think we're unquestionably the best team in the league. Um, so he's an, he's the X factor for us. Um, I like what coach did. Uh, I think there's an unquestionable top two and DJ is not in it. Hmm. Okay. Coach. Yeah, you know, going into the draft, you know, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of the uh, the draft picks and a lot of the other captains. So, you know, we were obviously just shooting the shit, trying to figure out who was going to pick who, where everybody was leaning towards. Obviously, mm-hmm. people were holding back information, you know, classic. Um, thanks, Jonathan, for the grammar check. Um, and, you know, uh, the way the way the picks went this year, I, I didn't know who was going to get picked first. Nobody had any idea who DJ was going to take. I think that was the big wild card in this draft. Um, you know, I had plans in place no matter what happened, obviously, but, um, you know, this, this was, 
Uh, the way it drafted up got me Marcus, and I got no complaints with that. You know, I love me uh, some Marcus. I'm a lap dog myself, so happy to play Marcus for once, and I think I can really um, light, lace up the coach the coach boots and try to turn Marquise into an actual, you know, serviceable pitcher. You know, he's kind of a one-pitch Andy, if we're being honest. But uh, I think I, I got plans for Marcus to try and revamp his, uh, his pitching this year. So uh, I'm really happy to work with Marcus and obviously get Sato back and work with him because he was very receptive to me last year with on the, on the, on the bums, the championship bums team. And, you know, the difference I, I think is just going to be Cam and Paul. I'm worried about Paul's attendance, of course, but you know, when he shows up, he's, he can be a solid bat. And then Cam, who, who the hell knows, but, Allegedly, Cam will be there this Saturday, so that'll be interesting to see. So, you know, I, I think um, I'm happy with my team. My team definitely gives me vibes of the OG Beanfield bums. You know, the pitching definitely is not great, but the the bats definitely have a potential to be really good. Uh, and, you know, as far as the other teams, uh, I, I kind of do have to agree with Zach. I, I, think, I think Gary Butterfield being even included in this league is an absolute joke. Uh, cause I don't think he's ever showing up and that's just going to bring down DJ seem to four, which is just going to mean like, yeah, sure. DJ and Jonathan will get more bats, but you can pitch around those two and then get more bats at a DS and DR, which on most days, sadly can be automatic outs. Uh, so that can be definitely abused to opposing teams advantages. So that's why I think they're probably, you know, a little further behind than myself, uh, and Zach. And, you know, Zach's, I, I told Zach this myself. Um, he really surprised me with that Alec pick. But really smart move to honestly play for the playoffs, considering that everybody's going to be making the playoffs as it is. And you know that they're going to, you know, make sure Alec gets to whatever champ, whatever day we do the championship. So uh, Zach seems going to be in a real good position, as they are most years, to make the championship and, and win the championship. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of can they execute. And in the past two years, you know, Zach's teams haven't been able to execute. So maybe a different group of guys will be able to execute this year. Yeah, I'm just looking at all of the rosters. I think Zach's team absolutely has the highest ceiling of any of the teams, like without a shadow of a doubt. You've got three former captains, all of which can be serviceable hitters and pitchers, even on their worst days. And you've got a guy in Billy Campbell as your fourth, as your fourth player who had a sub one ERA last year in season two. So, yeah. But this is a different Billy Campbell. You know what I mean? Um, especially after season two, uh, Billy, this Billy Campbell is, is not the same Billy Campbell. He's not as motivated. He's not as, you know, he's not showing up. He didn't show up after season two as much, you know, he really got hit hard by getting taken last in the draft for that, you know, short fake ass season three that we tried. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I'm worried about Billy's attendance uh, as I am about obviously lots of other people in the sleep, but you know, if Billy shows up and shows shades of his old self, obviously he could be great. Like you said, you pointed to his stats, but it's just going to be a matter of which Billy Campbell we're we getting. Well, that's the thing. I think the story of Zach's team is he also has the, the lowest floor of any team, because I think with how we don't know how often Alec can be there. Mm -hmm. You could say the same about Billy Campbell. Mm -hmm. Miller is a great power bat and will, will certainly put plenty of wiffle balls over the fence, driving a bunch of runs, but he's still strikeout prone and he's prone on the mound. The past two seasons of the team format, he's had ERAs above six. So if he's not able to, if he's not able to figure things out on the mound and you're not getting Alec at least half the time, there's going to be some serious question marks for Zach's team. But yeah, on I the mean, flip side, on the flip side, you, you get, if you get Alec the majority of the time and you even get a serviceable Miller and or Billy Campbell or even good innings out of the Mike on the mound, that's easily that is easily the best pitching staff in the league, but it just, there's the range of outcomes in both directions is easily the highest. I think 
if you look at DJ's team, I think they're probably like the I'll I'll slightly agree with your guys' assessment that they're probably closer to the bottom of the league than the top of the league. But I also think that they've got probably the best consistent one-two punch on the mound that will show up week month in, month out, or every other week in, every other week out, whatever it ends up being in DJ and DS. Uh, listen, listen. No, no, no. I'm you are not going to interrupt me again, uh, my friend. DS is getting exposed this year. That's my column. All right. Whatever. Going into this season, it remains to be seen about that. But you look at it from face value, DJ and DS should be the best one-two punch on the mound consistently. And then it real, the real question is the bats for that team. Because like you said, past DJ and Jonathan, you have no idea what you're getting. DS can show up every once in a while with the bat, but it it's not often enough to make himself an impact player on hitting. DR, we know he's had his struggles, and we have no idea what Gary will be. Odds are, if I'm being Thrash. honest, he'll be closer to what James Daly output in the league. Hopefully he'll be better than that, but I don't know. So there's a lot of question marks with the hitting side of things for DJ's team. And then you look at Nick's team. I think Nick's team has probably got the highest floor of any team, but I don't think they have the highest ceiling. And I think when you look at Nick, if he's not pitching, he's I, I there is no number two on this team. He has nobody to fall back on. You can say that you're going to teach Marcus and you're going to raise Sato, and, but I'll believe it when I see it. Right now, the onus is on you to be a pitch god, to be a Cy Young. And if you're not, it's going to be tough, man. Because Marcus has good ERA and so has Sato over the past two seasons, but they haven't shown that they are number two guys. They haven't been given that platform they haven't been given those kind of innings so i'm a little concerned in terms of pitching for your team nick on where you're gonna go hitting wise i think you're the deepest lineup i think one through five your entire lineup can hit so i will give you that for sure you're gonna be able to hit for sure but i i don't know i don't know if you can have the pitching to handle you might be uh i feel like you went for the season one hanks version of let's just hit and figure out the pitching yeah, and the Hanks won the championship season one. That's crazy. Anyway, uh, they don't call me coach for nothing. That means nothing. But my whole name is predicated off the fact that I turned the bums into a winning organization. <laughs> An organization that doesn't exist anymore. Well, that's because of redraft, okay? That wasn't my goddamn choice. <laughs> All right, the bums were primed. In season three, with me, DS, Jonathan, and DJ to run roughshod. All right, that draft the- was fraudulent, and you know it. And that's yeah. why that 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 season that's why that season was scrapped because it was fraudulent from the beginning. The so only we team that got good. hurt was mine. We were too good. They they just hated us so good. much. They, that's facts. They hated us because they ain't us. All right. So let, let me let me get Jonathan back into this one. So. I've got a couple of storylines, kind of a couple of headlines, if you will, that I, I want to pose to each of you. And they, they pertain to each of the captains, so to speak. So, Jonathan, I will start with you on this one. We know that in the team format, Zach has had really tough luck when it comes to finishing great seasons off with championships. He's gotten to the championship, led his team to the finals both times in season one and season two but couldn't get the job done with uh, two with a 2-1 series lead in season one and a 2-0 series lead in season two, I believe it was. Regardless, he's come so close to getting that elusive team, champ, team format championship, but it has eluded him. Do you think Zach has the team to break that this year? I think that if Alec shows up um, for the championship weekend, then they they do have a potential chance to uh, to finally get over the hump and win the team championship this year. Um, but it, it really is predicated on Alec. I mean, you can't really emphasize that enough. He is 
their X Factor, him and Alec, Alec and Zach, one, two is by far the best two pitching combo in the league. They might be the two best pitchers in the league when they're on, to be honest with you. So if Alec can show up, then I think that they can, because Alec can also hit too. Mm-hmm. And um, Miller, if he's hot, he he gets hot. He gets real hot. They should just put a yellow bat in his hand. and uh, <laughs> He'll still the, hit it. <laughs> yeah, he's better with the yellow bat. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I think, I think they do possibly have the, uh, the talent, you know, we'll have to see, you know, their Alec doesn't show up and, you know, will Mike is prone to some, some rage as well. And so we'll, uh, we'll just have to see, but I think that if they can, they can get all their guys there, then they got a real chance to, uh, to finally win. Yeah. And I expect them to, uh, as you as you said towards the beginning, Jonathan, I think that the championship weekend will be selected so that just about everyone, there might be one or two that just simply can't be there. But I think you'll you'll pick a weekend where everyone's top players can be there, and you'll get a true champion out of the mix. So that assuming that is the case, you have to believe Zach's team should be the odds-on favorite to win it going into the season remains to be seen if they can close the deal, but at least looking at it going into the season, I definitely agree. Nick, would you say that the, this is a team that Zach should be able to win a championship with? I mean, in theory. Yeah. And I think, you know, like I said before, the past two years, he's put together teams that, Honestly, you could say, or at least you could argue, should have won the championship. Uh, and I think this team, especially with having Alec, uh, you mentioned DJ having the best one-two punch on the mound. I disagree. I, I think when Zach has Alec, they are easily the best one-two punch on the mound. Yeah, I don't think you heard me when I said consistently showing up. Yeah, but okay, that's that's and that's fair, uh, and but like we talked about, it really depends on wh- whether Alex shows up. But regardless, altogether, they certainly do have the makings for a championship contending team. That if I guess if you were objectively looking at all the rosters, should technically win. Um. You know, I have to be, you know, a little biased, though, because, you know, I like my team. So I want my team to win. So uh, that's all I'll say. All right. Now, Zach, I'll start with you on this one. We can all answer this. It pertains to DJ. This is his first year as a captain in the league. He was viewed as a top three option because Alec is is simply his availability is obviously in question. Don't know how often he'll be able to show up, but how, how do you think DJ will fare in his first year as a captain? Do you think there'll be some growing pains from a decision-making standpoint? Or Yeah, I mean, he's never had to be a captain in any of these leagues. Uh, he's been in, been in enough of them now, so he knows everybody. But it, will he be able to make the hard decisions and pull people out, like pitching-wise, when he needs to? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, will Jonathan take over? Will DS take over? No. Will DR take over? No. I mean, you got like outside of, you got like three of the quietest guys in the league. Like Jonathan gets a little mad at Nick, but he won't he won't talk that way to anybody else. So mm-hmm. will will DJ have some growing pains? Yeah. Will he find his voice? Maybe. I don't really know. Honestly, I don't really know the kid that well. So like could he show up and, and be a leader? Yes. Could he also just be the DJ he's been for the past three years? Absolutely. We'll have, we'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Nick, give me your thoughts on DJ and his outlook as a captain this year. Yeah, DJ is usually a very sneaky, quiet captain, as we know. So it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts to you know some more vocal teammates like dr and jonathan obviously jonathan more in the strategic sense and dr and more of the you know entertainment trash talk and 
sense. And then obviously you throw in DS who will probably just be, you know, lying around, uh, staying in the shade, trying to cool off. But, you know, you think about the teams that DJ is captain, like last year, a pretty quiet team. Yeah, sure. Miller talks some trash too, but as far as like, you know, locker room voices, DJ has never really captained a team that has been very vocal in, in this hypothetical locker room that I'm talking about. So with Jonathan in there, you know, is Jonathan going to play more of a captain role? Jonathan's like, Hey, we should do this. And DJ's like, okay, yeah. So, I mean, do we see Jonathan kind of being like a, a pseudo captain on this team kind of calling the shots and DJ falling in line? That's, you know, will be interesting to follow. Um, you know, obviously when we pick captains, it's just based off talent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to, you know, keep balance in the league. But, I mean, if you had to, like, if you asked me who should be captains in the league with three teams, I would tell you it's me, Zach, and Jonathan. But, you know, we know Jonathan hates being a captain. But at the same time, I think Jonathan's probably going to play the captain role just, you know, on DJ's behalf. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, do you care to address that or do you want to keep things quiet until uh, the season unfolds? I'm a loyal soldier for my captain, DJ. <laughs> I knew this answer was coming. Uh, so we'll, we'll leave it at that then. All right. Now, obviously, Nick, alongside Jonathan, led the Bums to a dominant season two performance, regular season champs, and then playoff championship on top of that. Zach, I'll start with you. Do you think Nick has a team that can repeat that kind of performance where they kind of just start to finish are the top dogs and then they end up finding a way to win it at all? Or do you think Nick didn't draft the team that can, that can do that? Uh, yeah, it's tough. It, it's going to come down to the pitching outside of coach. Um, because he'll be he'll be solid again, no, no doubt about that. Um, but if the other guys around him can't pick it up, then and he's banking on Marcus picking, learning a new pitch. I uh, I gotta tell you, from somebody who had him and tried to teach him a new pitch, he learned it for about an inning and then just forgot about it, kind of like DS on the golf course. Um, but I do expect coach's team to finish on top in the regular season. Um, I don't expect Alec to be there for all of our games. Uh, so I don't, I don't foresee us having the pitching prowess that we will in the playoffs unless pitch God comes out of nowhere and he's a God. But yeah, I do think Nick's team should, should finish on top in the regular season. Jonathan, do you concur with that assessment? Well, I think it comes down to really what type of pitcher uh, Nick is. If he's the pitcher that we saw in the first season of the team format with the OG bums, then his team could definitely be in trouble. But if he was the pitcher like down the stretch, he started working on his uh, knuckleball. I remember he started throwing a knuckleball down the stretch last year in the second season. And uh, that was his most consistent pitch at one time because we do know that a little wind. The wind has rent in Nick's head on the mound. We know that for sure. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, control the wind. I might have to bring some fans and send them up on the third base line. But I, I don't need that. Then there's going to be allegations and investigations and all that nonsense. All right. Well, we're, we're rooting for wind when coach is on the mound, for sure. Let's right. go wind. You, you, can, you can do that. I'll... I'll give you that. Yeah, no, I love the wind. Me and uh, me and the wind have really uh, created a tight bond, and you know, really worked on our relationship. You know, I'm one with the wind now. They call me, in, uh, you might as well call me Ang, because you know, I, I be Avatar Airbending that wind now. I, I'm well, one with the wind. All right, let's uh, let's get into our award predictions now that we've got those headliners out of the way. Let's uh, let's start with MVP. We'll start off with a bang. Zach was the season two MVP. 
And the only other one who's been able to win MVP beside him is yours truly. So I guess the question is pretty simple on MVP. Is this Zach's award to lose or is somebody else going to come out of left field and swoop in and take this? Jonathan, give me your MVP pick for season three. Well, sadly, Ryan, we know this league has Zach bias when it comes to voting for the MVP because we know in previous MVP. years, if you had looked at the stats. Oh, shut up. <laughs> just, if this people had simply Look just at looked the at the stats, stats. they would have yeah, known. I- Better stats coach, in everywhere coach, than Nick. Coach, than home coach would have to be right now. Everywhere. But for this season, um, I believe that, as Zach said himself, he thinks that Nick's team is going to finish ahead of his in the standings in first mm-hmm. place. I may concur with that assessment. And I think Nick is going to put it together. And uh, that's why I am picking coach Nick to, to finally win his first MVP. He should already previously have won as we know, but this will finally be the year where Nick takes the MVP crown. Sadly though, you know, the dogs will be out. So we'll have to see this vote might be rigged. Can't stand them. These dogs, but Nick's got my pick. All right, Nick, obviously I'm not going to let you vote for yourself, but so this, the question remains the same. Is it Zach or is it somebody else? Yeah, you know, uh, honestly, just looking at the field this year, um, you know, we got a lot of talent in this league. Um, yeah, I think Zach's time's come to an end. He's really fallen out of his prime. So <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, you know, I think, this is, I think this is Gary Butterfield's year. Um, <laughs> I could really see Gary coming in and really uh, putting up monster numbers, really surprising everybody and uh, taking MVP. Like, you know the fucking answer, dude. Like, this league is a bunch of lapdogs. They're all going to vote for Zach, and he's going to take home the MVP. I'm not telling you that I'm picking Zach, but I'm telling you these absolute lapdogs are going to vote for Zach because I'll suck them off. And that's my answer. So your official MVP pick is Zach. Got it. Okay, Zach, you uh, obviously can't vote for yourself either, but if it isn't you, who will it be? You know, the guy I want to pick, it's not Coach, because fuck him and his little receding hairline, but I think Jonathan's going to get a lot more innings on the mound this year, and he's not that bad. People, when he pitches, he's really not that bad. And if he can be more serviceable on the mound, his bat is more than enough to win him to be right up there with me and coach. And if the, if his team can somehow take home the regular season title, I see Jonathan taking home the MVP. Thank you. I do have a solo second in MVP. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't help but laugh because Jonathan knows when, when we talk about his pitching, he's literally my home run derby personal pitcher. <laughs> Happily, you're not in the league anymore. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that a shame? I can't throw. Get, I, I struggle. <laughs> I really struggle throwing to lefties. Um, Ooh, it looks like I'm going to be a switch hitter. So I only have to deal with Merguis, I think, um, which is good. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to hit Nick like three or four times and then uh, hope that one of them gets the uh, corner of the zone. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to have to go with the lap dog pick and, and go with Zach here as well. He's going to have to be the MVP for his team. If they're going to win the regular season crown, and he's going to have to have it on both sides, pitching and hitting. So I, I think the, the safe pick obviously has to be Zach. Now going Cy Young, I think this is definitely a bit more wide open. It has been in years past as we've seen uh, four different winners in the past five years. So last year, Nick won it for his first ever Cy Young. So I'll start with you, Nick. If you can't repeat who's Cy Young. 
I mean, you you keep drafting up questions that I I, I don't want to give you answers to because the sad reality is with with Alec not consistently showing up, there's nobody else in this league. Just kidding, DS. Let's go, DS. Ride or die. I love DS. It's his year. I said he was getting exposed, but only it's it's just gonna be me. I'm gonna expose him. But DS gonna tear down the rest of the league and get his get his Cy Young award that he claims he deserves. He didn't deserve it last year, but he'll deserve it this year. I swear. DS, that's my pick. All right. Good one pulling that one out of your rear end. Jonathan, give me your Cy Young. Nah. All right. Um, for my Cy Young, I, I think that Coach, um, I think he he may have a chance to repeat, but uh, since I picked him for MVP, I, I feel like you're not going to win MVP and Cy Young. Um, in the same year, people are going to vote for different Jones. So for that one, I'm going to say the Lapdogs are going to come out in full force for Zach uh, and give him the, uh, the Cy Young. Okay. Zach, who's your vote for Cy Young? You know, I don't agree with Coach on much, but I've been voting for DS for Hall of Fame for years now, and I really want the kid to get some hardware so he has a better shot at the Hall of Fame. So I want DS to win the Cy Young. Okay. I've I've got Nick repeating only because I think the pressure is going to be on him to carry that pitching staff. And I think he should be game for it. No question about it. So I think Nick will take home Cy Young for the second straight season. Moving on to most improved DS won it for his first ever hardware. As Zach put it, we've had a bunch of other winners in years prior. No repeats as usually you see with most improved Zach. I'll actually start with you on this one. Who do you like for most improved? in the WBL this year? Oof, that's, that's by far the most wide open award. Um, man, I, I think the guy with the highest ceiling for me is probably Sato. Uh, with his defense that he played good last year combined with some hitting, if he could just be a serviceable pitcher and not a complete liability on the mound, I think he could walk away with uh, most improved for sure. Mm-hmm. Jonathan. My, uh, my pay for most improved is going to be a John that if he can just like play average, he's got most improved locked up. And that's little Mike who I think this year is finally going to, uh, He's going to be a better hitter than he has been before. He's going to hit like north of like 250. <laughs> just going to have, just going to learn to go with the pitch. Kid's a huge pole hitter. He just needs to learn to go with the pitch. When the pitch is pitched outside, take it to, take it to right center. Um, so I think that along with he is pitch God. So don't forget that. And his fielding, um, I thought last year was, slightly below average, but I didn't think he was like the worst fielder in the league last year. Um, so yeah, that's my pick. Uh, but if I had to pick anyone else, it, it would be DR because I think DR has a high ish ceiling. Um, but both of them are their own worst enemy. They strike out like once or twice and then there's their, their burnt toasts for the rest of the day. They're in, they're still deep in their heads. Mm-hmm. My most improved pick is going to be Miller and it's, it'll be tough for him. Uh, I'm not going to lie because the power and run production numbers are already there. I think if it's going to be on pitching, if he can lock down in Alex stead, that's and solidify, be that really good number two pitcher, which I think he's capable of because he's shown stretches of it. He just can't, hasn't consistently been able to do it over the course of an entire season. If he's able to do that, and then maybe strike out a bit less at the plate, that'll raise his batting average significantly. And it could even boost his his overall stat production. Uh, so I think he's definitely game for it. And 
I think that when you see him putting up gaudy numbers, that'll that'll sway enough votes for most improved. Nick. Yeah, I'm I'm going with a John who quite literally just needs to show up. And I think he's got this locked up. And that's of course my last pick of the draft, Cam Cam Moody. He ain't showing oh up though. God. He ain't showing up though. I, I ex coach, I I love your I love the thought, but he ain't showing up. Listen, you say that, but I'm telling you, if, if this John shows up, he gonna he's gonna take most improved. I promise. That is a guarantee. All right, that's definitely a spicy pick. I'll give you that. Let's move on to Gold Glove. This is another one that usually ends up being a toss up if Marcus doesn't win it. Marcus has obviously won this thing four times. Uh, actually, I think he's won it all four years of its existence. Although last year there was the. Uh, in, I want it. I want it. I also want it. I want it. I want it. Yeah. The, the incredulous <laughs> let's hand out a gold glove <laughs> to half the league. The unimaginable eight, like seven or eight way tie in voting. That was just asinine. But uh, assuming we don't get any craziness like that and somebody rises above the rest voting wise, who should be gold glove this year? I'll start with you, Jonathan. Well, it shouldn't be Marcus. He, he has won this award too many times. He is not head and shoulders above everyone in fielding. Like he thinks he is. Fatigue. I'm telling you who's going to win gold glove this year. It's going to be my teammate, DJ Brown, because I'm a contact pitcher. DR tends to be a contact pitcher. And I don't know what DS is going to give us on the mound. But DJ Brown is going to have plenty of opportunities to make plays. And uh, he's going to do it. And he's going to win gold glove. Oh, my God. I just realized your fielding sucks so much. You, DR, and DS, and Gary, dude. I'm a gold glover. DJ's going to have to make every play in the field. I'm a gold glover. Dude, when DJ's pitching, you guys are screwed. All right, Zach, who do you have for gold glove? Yeah, um, mostly for the reasons that we're just that was just talked about. DJ's gonna have to cover the entire field when he's not pitching, and probably most of when he is pitching. So I'm gonna go with DJ for Gold Glove. Okay, Nick. I'm riding with my guy Sato this year. You know, we said uh, you know we had a lot of talk about Marcus not winning. And, you know, I get that. I get the voter fatigue. People don't want to really vote for Marcus, but that's fine. Um, I think Sato showed some great flashes last year um, of playing some really solid outfield. And I think he comes back and does it again. And maybe gets a little more love from the league because people don't hate him like the Johns don't uh, want to vote for Merguis for Gold Glove. So I'm riding with Sato this year. That's my guy. I hate to jump on the DJ bandwagon, but that was my pick as well. Mostly just because I I think he is a quality outfielder and he's got the hands to, even though he was a first baseman in baseball, he's got the hand eye. And like you guys have said, he will have a plethora of opportunities to make plays. And he's made some really nice plays in the outfield before. So I, I definitely think... Uh, he's got to be the odds on favorite to win. Although Marcus might have something up his sleeve. I, you can never count him out. Uh, now the reverse of this is our favorite doo-doo glove award winner. DR won it last year and we've had uh, different winners each of the past four years for that as well. Nick, get me started on doo-doo glove. Who's going to be the worst fielder in the league this year? It's going to be a member of the beauties. Uh, I honestly can't. I, 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 I yeah, you're, you're going to make me just throw out a name, but there's four Johns on the beauties who all probably deserve and could win the doo-doo glove. Um, but if I do a little, 
little game planning in my head just based off of like where I think people are going to be. I mean, I would probably say that I'm, I, I'm, I think DS is, this is the year where people realize that DS is just not a good fielder. He's an old man. He can't, you know, he can't field ground balls. He can't get low anymore. He's not quick. Uh, his hands aren't the best anymore. I I think uh, I, I think this is the year DS takes Dudu Glove. Okay, Jonathan. I um, he may be my teammate, but uh, I I concur with Coach. Um, it might just have to be doing what we saw last year on the bums, but if if DS is in like a high like leverage positions on the field. I um I don't know. But Miller's gonna Miller um for someone not on my team, Miller, because that guy stinks. He drops like a, a fly ball like every single game. <laughs> At least one. That Probably over the fence too. Probably gonna hit him in the hands and go over the fence like once a game. Zach. That's a big Billy move. Yeah, uh my doo doo glove award winner is gonna walk home with, with two pieces of hardware. Um, and that's Jonathan. Uh, he doesn't touch grass in like <laughs> months. Um, he's going to be rusty. And with all the time he's going to spend in the field with DJ pitching, Jonathan is going to get exposed. Nah. Well, I'm, I'm super down with that, especially the fact about Jonathan literally never touching grass. <laughs> he's in a cubicle all day and claims to touch grass. It's a lie. I mean, we know it's going to be somebody from the Buttes. That that defensive yeah. alignment is just horrible. Literally, like, odds to win Doodoo Glove, member of the Buttes, like, minus one billion. Yeah. See, there's I, I kind of disagree with that because I feel like wow. there's going to be so many bad fielders on that team that it's going to be impossible to differentiate between one or the other. Okay, so, but somebody – Everybody's just going to pick somebody, whether. Yeah, but then they're going to. But that means that if you look at another team like Zach, Lil Mike's fielding woes are going to be over eccentrified. But you can. Lil Mike has never won Doo Doo Glove Award, has never been handed that distinction before. This is the Lil Mike. No, he's not going to be any high leverage situations. No, you can hide Lil Mike. You can't hide anybody on the fucking beauties. Yeah, Lil Mike will never be on the pole side unless we have three people. Yeah, um, I, I'm telling you, he's going to find a way to, to make a mockery of it. Sorry, uh, Lil Mike. Not sorry. That's some Lil Mike hate right there. I don't like that. Yeah, and where has he showed fielding prowess ever? I just don't like the – Okay, all right, cool. That's what I thought. Thank you. I'm a Lil Mike fan. All right, let's – Go on to the Baxter Award. The Baxter Award each year goes to the player that gave gave it the role. Maybe they don't have the stats to show for it, but everyone acknowledges that they put in the effort showing up as much as they possibly could and playing the, their heart out on the field. We've had a couple of different winners in the past couple of years. Uh, so... Jonathan, I'll start with you. Who do you like to take home the Baxter Award this year? Honestly, I would say that this award is Sato's to lose. Because I think, like, people don't know Sato that well. He's going to show up. He's going to compete. He's not really going to talk all that much because he doesn't know people that well as well. So people are just going to be like, ah, I like the way this guy plays the game. He's playing hard keeping his nose down and um he's a great fielder he's a good hitter and uh, he plays the game the right way um and then i would also say that if i was going to pick my second one would be paul but i don't think he's going to show up enough but paul when he plays he plays hard there's no doubt that paul is gonna run into the fence like like for for a ball and like not realize that he's running into the fence at, at some point this summer um but at the end of the day, I think it's going to be Sato because I think this is like an award that people vote for for someone. It just like perfectly matches up. It's just an award you vote for someone that like you don't know as well. Like it's just the Sato isn't going to talk that much because he doesn't know everyone all that well. 
So it's just it's like the perfect award for him. So it's it's his to lose in my opinion. Nick. Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely agree with Jonathan um, in the fact that this is like Sato's award to lose. Um, you know, I think Sato is a pretty well-respected player among this league just based off of how well he played, you know, in his first season. So, I, I mean, I really – this like this award, uh, as we talked about, is like the biggest wild card in, uh, in this league. And, you know, really anybody um, aside from like common league staples has a chance of winning it. And I, I don't really see many other real good contenders other than Sato. Um, I, I, I retuspect the, uh, the Paul love safety as a teammate of mine, but um, yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta fall in line with Jonathan here. Um, I, I think Sato should have this locked up unless for some reason he just, you know, doesn't show up or has a completely different attitude this year. Mm-hmm. Zach, who do you have? Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I, I like the Sato pick. I think I'm going to go with Miller. Um, he plays, he plays super hard every time he's out there, no matter what. And I don't foresee him winning any of the big awards. So I think people could, people might just vote for Miller because he's a likable guy unless he's trying to kiss you on the Christmas trip. Uh, mm. So I, I think Miller comes home with the award. I have DR in this one, and I know that's a stretch, but it would be a storybook one because of how his season two season finished. And if he could turn around and then give it full on effort from start to finish, I I think that would definitely get everyone's attention. And so I like DR to take home the Baxter award this year. DR, come on, help me out here. Uh, last stat prediction before we get into our official regular season champion and overall season three championship predictions that is the home run winner who will be the home run champ at the end of the regular season obviously nick and zach as well as myself are the only three to lead the league in home runs in the league's history and nick has done it three times zach's done it twice i've done it twice so i'm pretty sure zach and nick would be voting for themselves. If not, probably the other, if they're saying anyone else, it's out of spite. So Jonathan, yes. I will you lead can, with you. You can, you can honestly just skip us this, and give your own answers. Uh, coach, coach is going to win the home run award again. Nick, Nick is my pick. All right. And I will add more fuel to the Zach chip on his shoulder. And I will also pick Nick just because he's just shown the consistent power over the last few seasons. Uh, and I, and I, I have to, I have to ride with Nick in that department. He's, he's swinging for the fences every single time. He, for does, coach. he does not give a flying F if it results in like top five strikeouts. In the league. You're goddamn right. No, it doesn't result in top five strikeouts. It probably it more so results in top five flyouts. But <laughs> you're goddamn right. Coach is swinging for the fences, baby. 110. percent yeah. All right. Now I know we've kind of already discussed our thoughts on who will take home the the top seed, the regular season crown. Uh, but let's just lock those in and make it official. Zach, go ahead and get us going. Who will be the regular season champion in season three? Okay. Can I get a team name on the un- on the only unknown team? Yeah. I mean, do we want to? You want me to? You want me to debut now? Sure. Let's I, I, let's I'm, go. I'm not, I'm, not pick, I'm not picking a regular season champion. Saying coach's team. Okay. Yeah, so let's let's uh, make as, the, as the, the team name obvious. As, as much as I would love you to say coach's team. Um, so, shout out Marquise. Um, my team will be known as the Woach Warriors this year. Okay. Um, I'm picking the beauties to win 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Woach Warriors, unfortunately. <laughs> what a dog shit name. That was oh, terrible. Woach Warriors. Baby. Jonathan. I am sadly also picking the Woach Warriors to win the regular season title. Woach, 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 Woach. Uh, Nick, I assume that means you're going to be on board for that as well. I mean, yeah, f- of course. Why do you think I'm going to pick the beauties? Those shitters, they stink. They're not winning anything, bro. They're not winning the championship. They're not winning regular, no regular season title. Zach's 100% right when he said at the beginning of this podcast, it's a one-two punch. It's, it's going to be the Ice Cubes. It, it's going to be the Ice Cubes and the Woach Warriors in the championship. The beaters are going to be watching in. John are going to be umpiring, get kicked out of the championship like he did a couple <laughs> years ago. And that's just how it's going to be. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna just play devil's advocate here. And I'm going to say the Ice Cubes will get enough from Alec and they will, will take home the regular season crown. It's possible. Definitely possible. I can see. So now let's wrap this up with our championship picks. Nick, go ahead and lead us off. Yeah, if you know. You can you know, pick yourself, but. Uh, you know what it is, baby. We're riding out season three, back-to-back championships for coach. Woach Warriors over Ice Cubes, baby. I mean, if we're doing a best of five again, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it'll be the Woach Warriors over the Ice Cubes uh, in, in four games. Jonathan? I am going to go with the Ice Cubes over the Woach Warriors in the championship. Many are saying some, not many, I guess, some are saying that Zach's championship streak is going to uh, finally end this. His championship losing streak is finally going to end this year. Um, And many are saying that if he had simply had three fielders in the outfield in last year's championship, he may have won. Sadly, one of his teammates who shall remain nameless quit quite literally, like unironically the night before, like the championship quit. Sadly. And uh, they bums had some opposite field hits that most likely would have been caught had they had that extra outfielder in the championship. But sadly, you must play with the cards you're dealt this year. I think the cards will be dealt better to Zach. He, his guy that he's going to rely on to show up at the end is Alec and not DR. And I think that's a really good thing for his team. And him and Alec as the one-two punch on the mound. I think it's going to be enough to overcome the bats of Woach's Warriors and capture that elusive title. Zach, give us your pick. You know, the Flakes, RIP, came up just a bit short in our two seasons. Um, I sent one text prior to the draft. I asked Alec, if I give you a month's notice, will you be at the championship? And he'll be there holding the trophy over his head as we beat the Boaches Warriors three to one. Um, first two games with us two would be dominant, and then we'll throw a, throw the third game with the shitters and then just finish them off in the fourth game. Wow. The shitters have some great team chemistry. That's tough. Yep. They know it. <laughs> I am also going to pick Ice Cubes over Warriors. I'm going to go in three. I think clean sweep here. Nick's team just doesn't have the pitching. He could steal a game pitching-wise on his own, but that's about it. I I just don't see it pitching-wise. They'll have to outscore their opponents and in a, a matchup where there are multiple Cy Young winners most likely on the opposite side. I have a hard time seeing uh, that combo being stifled enough multiple times in a series. So I know that it's turning into the chalk pick, but I will give the ice cubes the edge here and Zach will get his first team championship and he will break his little curse that he's had going. 
Um, and so it is, it is interesting to note though, on a final note that for the first two seasons of the team format, the eventual champion led the league in home runs that season. So ERA gets you to the finals as team ERA, the whoever led the league in team ERA made it to the finals, but they lost to the team that led the league in home runs. So it is, it, it, it will, it is interesting to see if that trend will continue, but I think it won't in this case, I think you'll have the just pitching of the ice cubes, just overmatching the, the lineup death of the Woach warriors. I think that's going to do it here. I don't have anything else on my agenda here. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about as we head into season three? No. Nah. Um, I mean, have we talked about like uh, our exact um, format or are we just running back the way we did season two? Um, that's a good question. I think what it's ultimately going to look like format wise is that you'll see it similar to how we did the FBL in its team format iteration, which is you guys just play each other X amount of times at some point, probably early July, you will need to decide when the regular season will end and when the championship weekend will be at which point you'll have X amount of games against or series amount against each other left before the start of the playoffs. And then it'll wrap up sometime in August, maybe September. All righty. Fair enough. And uh, like same format. I think the difference uh, that we're trying to make in, in this year's format um, and compared to like last year's obviously is, you know, since we're really only playing on playing once a month is we're trying to get all the teams together on the same day. So that'll be, you know, an interesting factor into planning. You know, we already are planning on playing this Saturday, but with only two of the teams. So, you know, Zach's team will be one, one game behind. Um, but Series. Y- okay. Y- same thing. Um, but like, you know, it'll be interesting to see, uh, if attendance, how attendances will fare on each team in, you know, uh, in regards to, um, how often people show up for each team and in regards to if each team actually will show up, you know, on a given day that we tried to schedule all the teams show, you know, will a team not be able to field the team and will the other two teams just end up playing? How will that affect you know, games played, you know, we have to try to format and get everybody played to the same amount of games, you know, as we get closer to championship time and later end of the summer. So, you know, it's a different format we're trying this year. We're not used to this whole, you know, once a month thing where, you know, more of a weekly league. So it's going to be an adjustment period probably for sure. But uh, hopefully this works out better for the people who uh, don't have the capability of showing up as often. So um, definitely a little storyline to follow over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I just say yeah. one thing? Um, take this as you will, but the beauty's main goal this year, looking across the board at the teams, I think this summer is to have fun. You know, Unironically, uh, in, in, in looking into this summer and the way we've structured the season, kind of personally myself have a similar mindset. Like I would, I would rather like have more fun each day playing wiffle ball than be like wicked, wicked competitive. Um, obviously a mix of the two would be ideal, but like, I, I would almost rather try and focus on just having fun. Um, especially as, you know, we're winding down, you know, this is, this is probably going to be the new norm for the league. Well, look, if it was up to me, I would say like we picked 
we have that one Sunday a, a month where we play like competitively, but then every other week or, or every two weeks or whatever, you just shoot out a text and see who's around. I mean, who's can get, like we, six we or eight. Yeah. Could, but like we'll probably still do that on occasion. I just don't know how consistent that'll be. Yeah. But you just play like whoever shows up can play uh, those other weekends just for fun and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we can play for other things other than points, you know, we can, we can, you know, find other, other things to play for, you know, shots of players or something, you know, as ridiculous as that. DS ain't coming to play then sadly. All right, boys. Uh, this was fun. I got to go to bed. Gotta Tired, John. 630 awake. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this that's edition of fixing the talk sports for Nick, Zach, and Jonathan, I'm Ryan. We'll see you next time.